Good morning, everyone. Morning. Glad you're here, especially glad if you're well joining us online. I'm Sandy, pastoral intern here at River Heights. So we're in our Lent sermon series heading toward Easter, and each week we're looking at a line from the song All Things Rise, that last song we did before the announcements. Uh, Justin had started off the sermon series talking about the free and boundless goodness of God. Then Pete spoke about how God formed the world in goodness. And last week, we had Wade Verrier, a vineyard pastor from California, with us as a guest speaker, and he spoke about love's occupation. So this Sunday, one week before Easter, is called Palm Sunday. You heard Ali talk about what the event was like, but I can imagine an alternate version of Palm Sunday, where Jesus had rode into Jerusalem on a gigantic white stallion, his followers behind him all armed to the teeth. They could have overthrown the Roman government, established Israel as an independent nation. And that might have been what the people of Jerusalem were hoping for. But Ali talked about that real picture. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a shaggy little donkey. He didn't overthrow the government. Before the week was over, he was executed by the rulers. He was God Almighty, but in that last week of his life, he didn't look very impressive. So this Palm Sunday, the line from All Things Rise that we're focusing on is that last line that we repeated, sown in weakness. Weakness isn't a very desirable sounding word, is it? Anyone in here get excited if someone calls you weak? Raise your hand. Yeah, didn't think so. In the natural world, weak things usually get eaten or they get sick or treated poorly by their own species. But the upside down kingdom of God doesn't work that way. God works through weakness. So before we dig into that, let me pray for us. Gracious God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you want to speak to us this morning. Pray that you help our ears and hearts be open to listen to you. And help us to be open with the places where we're vulnerable and weak too. Let us bring those to you and see what you can do with them. Speak to us, God. In Jesus' name. So when we think about the Bible, we often think about saints. People like Abraham, Moses, David, Paul, all these spiritual giants. And that's why they were used by God in such special ways, right? But that's not really the full story. Abraham twice let other people take his wife in order to protect his own life. Moses was slow of speech, which might have meant he had a stutter, yet he was a murderer besides. David arranged the death of one of his military commanders so that he could sleep with the man's wife legally since he'd already gotten her pregnant. They were not especially wholly perfect people. They were weak people, full of flaws. If you watched the recent Jesus Revolution movie, that movie showed the same with the main characters Chuck, Lonnie, and Greg. Those are based on real people, and they were far from perfect. But the Holy Spirit showed up in their ministry and used them in the start of a movement that swept through the nation. Like the Bible, history shows God is quite willing and able to use weak, flawed people. Back in the Bible, the Apostle Paul was said to have a thorn in his flesh, although no one's exactly sure what that is. Whatever that thorn was, something bothered Paul. And after Paul talked about that thorn, he said, Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses 
so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Paul claimed that his weakness was why the power of Christ could work through him. In his weakness, Christ was strong, and so Paul was strong too. That isn't the way our natural minds expect things to work. I tend to think when people are operating in their strengths, that's when God can powerfully use them. And in some ways, it's why we have celebrity preachers, because we think God will work through this talented person, or that God will show up if we go see this person who ministers with power. And God has gifted some people, certainly. And God is sometimes especially revealed in weakness. Back in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he explained, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. God chose things that are foolish and powerless and things that the world doesn't think amount to anything, weak things, to shame those that the world admires. And in some ways, isn't this the story of Jesus? Jesus is a great example of how God chooses weakness. Jesus didn't come as a superhero or a king. God could have come that way, in a way the world would recognize and admire. But instead, Jesus showed up as a baby, was born in the humblest place and used a feeding trough for a bed. His parents were nobodies. Mary changed Jesus' diapers. God needed Mary to hold up his own head. The one who spoke the universe into being had to learn how to talk. Nothing in the Bible suggests that Jesus didn't fall while learning to walk like any other baby. And during Jesus' ministry, the writers of the Gospels tell us that Jesus got hungry, thirsty, and tired. The God who commands angels and created the seas asked a woman to draw water for him. If I imagine someone coming to save the world, I'd picture like invulnerable Superman with incredible strength and a commanding presence. But Jesus was very human and ordinary. Jesus was God too, but the gospels tell us Jesus was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit before starting his ministry, as though Jesus had completely set aside his own power. When Jesus went to raise Lazarus from the dead, an ultimate show of power, he prayed to the Father. Jesus did miracles, way more than I ever have, but he did not do those miracles out of his own strength. And then there are the events of Holy Week, the events we're remembering this week. Sometimes Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is called the triumphal entry, but a donkey was a symbol of peace rather than of power. Sometimes Jesus is called the Lion of Judah, but in the events of that week, Jesus behaves more like a lamb being sacrificed. When soldiers came to arrest Jesus, one of Jesus' followers drew a sword, ready to defend him. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. 
Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? Jesus could have asked for that power and protection and he didn't. He let men take him to the cross and kill him. He was humiliated and abandoned. I hope you spend more time in that story later this week, perhaps through the Stations of the Cross. For now, let's look at what this means for you and for me, that God works in weakness. Let me go back for a moment to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, one of the verses I quoted earlier. I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Perhaps you've been listening to this sermon and you're feeling like it's a nice sermon for someone else and you feel pretty confident. You can take care of yourself. You don't identify as weak. You'd never boast in weaknesses. But are there ever nights you lie in bed and wonder if you really have what it takes or how ever you'll ever deal with whatever crisis you're facing? I doubt any of us are ever really strong enough for all the things that get thrown at us in life. On the other hand, some of you might be listening to me and feeling a glimmer of hope because you're so very aware of your weaknesses, but thought you had to get them sorted out and get to a position of strength before God could ever work in you. That's more often where I've been at. Wherever on that spectrum you might be, there's good news. God can work through you. You don't have to hide your weaknesses or overcome them first to be part of the kingdom of God. You can offer God your weak places too. It can be terrifying at first to let down your armor and admit those weaknesses are there. Whether it's a sin that keeps getting the best of you or that you don't really know the Bible or that you can't seem to hold a job, it's okay. God already knows. God loves you. God can work through you. Paul said, the power of Christ can work through me. I want all of us to say that together. The power of Christ can work through me. One more time, we're gonna say it again slowly and savor it as we say it. The power of Christ can work through me. Before I go on, I'll tell a story to illustrate this. Back in 2019, I was a student in the School of Kingdom Ministry, Sockham for short. Sockham students had a Saturday set up. People were gonna sign up, come at certain time slots, and we were gonna pray for healing for them of various kinds. And at that time, I was working a full-time Monday through Friday job. We'd had Sockham class one evening that week, and then I'd helped with youth group, and then it had been Holy Spirit night when it was called Changed. And then there'd been a ladies event. And I'm an introvert, so I was drained. The last thing I wanted to do was spend a Saturday afternoon with, at another event with more people. I was so tired and crabby, I figured I'd be less than helpful. But you know what? God is more powerful than my tiredness and crabbiness. By the time we were done praying that day, I felt refreshed and full of joy, and I'd had the opportunity to pray with several people and invite God to touch them. Or there was the time I got an impression in prayer for a friend, and I thought it might be prophetic. So I jotted it down quick, gave it to them. My friend wasn't quite sure what to make of it, but they were appreciative. Quite a while later, it turned out that impression became really significant for them, but it didn't mean at all what I thought it had. It was exciting to see what God did, but a little embarrassing at the same time. God worked, even though I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> it's 
Stories like these show the power of God, even when I'm weak. One of the other stories in the Bible with the donkey is the story of Balaam. I have a lot of donkeys in the sermon today. I thought about bringing in a donkey, but I didn't know where to rent one. So we're going to have to make do with a photo. This other Bible story makes me laugh because Balaam is supposed to be a prophet. He's supposed to be skilled at hearing God speak. But in this instance, Balaam missed something important that God was saying. So God used a scruffly old donkey to speak instead, letting the donkey speak human words to get God's message through to the prophet. If God can use a donkey, I figure God can use me too. There was a verse earlier I want to remind you of. God chose things the world considers foolish, things that are powerless, things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. God can use donkeys, and God can use weak, broken people like you and me. So when you see a donkey after today, let that be a reminder. God works in weakness. Now, sometimes, as God works in you, you may find that those weak and vulnerable places of your life are transformed and healed. And we can find examples of this in the scripture. Moses, who was slow of speech, brought God's words to the nation of Israel. Saul, who killed Christians, became the apostle Paul, who spread the good news and wrote the letters to the Corinthian church that I'm quoting today. This is another way God's glory is revealed in our weakness. And these are testimonies I hope we share with each other. This is how someone can say, I used to be angry all the time, but God helped me to forgive. Or how I might say, I used to doubt God would stick with me, but now I know God will never stop loving me. Where have you seen God transform your places of weakness? Or where would you still like God to change you? Hang on to that second answer for prayer ministry time at the end. Transformation of weakness is what Easter is about because Jesus was not only killed, but resurrected. I'll leave this thought to get fleshed out next Sunday when we celebrate how things once sown in weakness are to be raised in promise. But for today, know that God can work profoundly in our weaknesses and transform those weaknesses entirely. So offer to God your weak places. And whether God transforms them right away or whether God asks you to trust God's strength for a season, you can say with Paul that the power of Christ can work through me. That message isn't just for you and me, though. The message is also for friends in the aching world around us. I talked about how Jesus came as a person who got tired and hungry and how Jesus rode on a little donkey instead of a war horse. But now let's look at the kind of people Jesus welcomed. There's a prophecy about Jesus from Isaiah 42 that he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Lots of people wanted to see Jesus, even King Herod. Jesus didn't spend a lot of time with the people who wanted to see him do miracles. But Jesus had time for little children. When his disciples tried to stop parents bringing their kids, Jesus said, let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like children. Children are not a picture of strength, but of weakness. And Jesus took time for sick people and for the outcasts. Jesus had time for a bleeding woman, even when he was on his way to raise a dead person. And he talked with a woman from a despised people group 
a Samaritan, who'd been remarried several times. Jesus had time to see those people, and he did miracles for them, even if he wouldn't go do miracles for the king. And these are the kinds of people Jesus invites us to welcome and minister among, the, the weak and lowly people. Jesus once said, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they'll invite you back, and that'll be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. So we're encouraged to take time with the same sort of people Jesus did, to find those the world counts as nothing. Our sermon series is based on a song, so it seems fitting I share another song here that illustrates my point. I love what the musician Leland wrote in a song called Follow You. I'll read a few lines. You live among the least of these, the weary and the weak, and it would be a tragedy for me to turn away. All my needs you have supplied. When I was dead, you gave me life. How could I not give it away so freely? And I'll, I'll follow you into the homes of the broken. I'll follow you into the world. I'll meet the needs for the poor and the needy God. I'll follow you into the world. Use my hands, use my feet to make your kingdom come. So when we're following Jesus, we follow Jesus to find people the world might view as weak or poor misfits. We have good news for them, the same good news that is for us. We're also weak, remember, so we're in this together. The good news we have is that God works in weakness. We don't have to completely clean up our act or have it all together. We can come before God with our weakness and let God be strong in us. Our church is a pretty good picture of this, I think. We have a really awesome Celebrate Recovery community, and anyone can come to our building to get free meals four nights a week. We have people in our church family who deal with disabilities or struggle with mental health. Someone doesn't have to dress up fancy to get welcomed at the door here. And through Lavinia, we reach into the immigrant community in a powerful way. So as a church family, we're doing this and let's keep it up. As an individual, I encourage you to talk with Jesus this week. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how you are welcoming those considered weak and those the world counts as nothing. How are you doing in sharing with them the good news that God works in weakness? Just talk to God about this during the week and see if God invites you into any new ways of living out the good news that God works in weakness. Before we get to the tips for today, I want to share one more verse for you. It's from Corinthians again. Paul just has such good stuff to say about power and weakness in both letters to the Corinthians. He tells us, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. This is how we are in the world. We have a treasure inside us we can share, but that isn't because we're special, strong, holy people. The only reason we have to brag or boast is because of God and not our own capabilities. We model our lives after Jesus who became a baby and rode a humble donkey and spent his time with the outcasts instead of the glamorous, powerful people. We are all fragile clay jars that come from the dust and return to the dust, but God's light is in us. Our weakness lets the power of God shine through to the world because God works in weakness. 
So this time, I'm going to invite all of you to stand and the worship team to come forward. We end our sermons each week with three tips for you. So this week, I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 1, 17 through 31. Whole section's good and talks about just what we've talked about today, how God chooses the things sown in weakness and how God's strength is seen in that. For pray tip, I'm actually gonna invite you in these next couple songs to offer to God in prayer something that feels like a weakness. Invite God to come work in that weak spot. And that could mean God works in you and transforms that weakness, or it could be an invitation for God to work through you and touch others even despite that weakness. I am gonna invite members of our prayer team to come forward as well, and these folks are gonna be happy to pray with you if you'd like someone to pray with. You can be vulnerable with them, they'll keep what you say in confidence. Our prayer team members will pray for God to meet you and work in you. Whether you pray with a prayer team member or just pray in your own heart, uh, I do encourage you to do this tip, take time to pray before you leave the building. Then last, a do. Do ask Jesus and find a way to welcome someone weak. Could be as simple as smiling, or it could mean inviting someone over to celebrate Easter with you. You and God can decide what that is for this week. And I mentioned a bonus invitation for do earlier. You can sign up for a time slot and come to the Stations of the Cross on Friday to spend more time meditating on how Jesus was weak and suffered and died. You can come and remember that before entering the joyful celebration of Easter. So now we transition to worship and prayer. Our services are built up to this most important things that we do. We'll sing a couple songs. You can come up to receive prayer at any time and complete the pray tip. The worship team will let us know when it's time for communion and when the service is over.